0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast. Uh, my, t- my teammates are chuckling because I guess the record button was hit <laughs> and I was just sitting here and, you know, 10 seconds is a long time just to sit in, in radio land. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you, Caitlin. Nice to see you, Adam.
1: Good morning. Nice to see you.
0: Hello, friends. Um, We're, we're thinking about actually recording some of these podcasts in a video version, so stay Tuned for that. Um, um, at the very least, we're going to do some segments to start off with. I don't know where they will be available. Perhaps, uh, perhaps
2: on Crave. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea where they. <laughs> that would be up. great. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if we turned this podcast into a show that was on Crave, I would die.
0: <laughs> well, listen, Crave, CTV, Bell. We're just putting it out there that
1: that would be great.
0: Um, Caitlin, you have a story right out of the gate, and I think it's always really good to start any kind of show with, uh, sexual content. I think it gets people's attention. Mm -hmm. I think they pull the car over, honey, they're going to talk about sex. Pull over, it might have something to do with your, your inability to service me. So, Caitlin... <laughs> I love that.
2: I'm imagining like a Dodge Ram going off-road in like moose jaw somewhere.
0: Okay, Dodge Ram was a bit <laughs> I have nothing to do with the uh, the that was a very good actually a metaphor a Dodge Ram. That's right. Go ahead. You go like go what ahead. I did there?
2: Okay, so this came across my my desk, my proverbial desk with regards to trending stories this week, and it was a study that showed even though people have less sex, like so they're less frequent sex over the age of 50 they report a much higher level of sexual satisfaction after the age of 50. So they're saying I'm having sex like half as much or a third as often as I did when I was in my thirties. But when I do, it's way better. And this sparked this whole conversation on our show, on the Chum morning show that I work on where we're like, why is that? So, you know, it's because you know your body better. Maybe you've been engaged in a long-term relationship. So, you know, your partner, you guys know what you like, or is it because, you know, like the kids are out of the house now. So you don't have to like, have silent sex? What is it? <laughs> Adam, the, Adam, the parent is laughing, but I want to know. <laughs> well,
0: one of the worst moments that I can remember as a teenager, and I was not like 13 or 14. I was like 17. Mm-hmm. And I had come home to get something out of the basement. I can't even remember what it was. I feel like it was a badminton racket. And I my friend was waiting in the driveway you know, on in her car and I ran down there and for some reason my mom and dad were upstairs.
2: But oh. I just
0: I I and for the first time in my life oh. I just thought I, I the shame and the the horror oh yeah of realizing it, but I I never ever said anything to my parents about kind of and I didn't listen for long, trust me. <laughs> Excuse me, as soon as I figured out what it was, I was out of the house and I was like screaming to my friend, I think my parents were having sex. And she's like, is that the first time you've ever heard, oh, my God, my parents have sex all the time. Oh, my and God. It was, yeah. So anyway, I I don't know why it's still such a very difficult topic for any of us to talk about i do get the pleasure at 50 though let's put a few things into perspective
2: don't you think you know yourself better as each year unfolds totally
1: yes absolutely
2: and i feel like if you you know yourself better your partner knows you better presumably if you have the same partner um yeah i just feel like it is you're just a little more in sync oh adam adam raised his hand i'm dying to know what this okay is i i,
0: I want to know too here's the male
2: perspective yeah
1: I think you get freakier when you get older.
2: Oh, okay. Didn't think this was going to go in this direction, but now we're learning about kinks. Why not?
1: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Try out new things.
2: Well, do you think it's a long-term partnership?
0: I mean, either you quit having sex altogether after you've been together for 30 years, Mm -hmm. or I guess you would ramp it up. Like, anything goes. You know the person so well. Maybe, is it, the lack of or the, the absence of the fear of rejection.
2: Oh, yeah, that could be for sure. That could be it. And also, maybe now that we're thinking about, you know, egos and fear of rejection and all that, maybe it's also that you're really comfortable, more comfortable with your body. I think it's such a it does such a disservice to all of us that at least I, I felt this way. I know a lot of my girlfriends did that I was the least secure about how I looked. When I was arguably my hottest, like I was the, in the mo- best shape. I looked incredible. And every time I saw a photo of myself, I would just pick it apart. You
0: are gorgeous. <laughs> you are, you have the most, you have such a wonderful body. Your fricking, your personality, your integrity, your intelligence. You have a beautiful face. You have gorgeous skin. You have a killer body. So for me to look at a young woman like you, to think that you have any, um, hesitation to just wrap your arms around your own self and take it all in. I guess we're all guilty of that, of not appreciating who we are. We all look at photographs at some point, even from five years ago, yes. and go...
2: OMG. I looked freaking fantastic five years ago and I thought I looked like crap. That's exactly what I'm saying. I like look back at photos and I'm like, why was I being so hard on myself? I wish I looked like that now. And it's just unfair that you never. Do guys do that, Adam?
1: Yes, totally. I do that. But if I look far, far back, like I was a really heavy guy back in the day, like I think I'm better now. So when I look, I don't wish I was the way I was back in university. Those were not good years. So, but if I look back five or six years, even I'm like, Oh, my hair was, my beard hair was a little less gray or uh, I didn't have a beard five years ago or, you know, (laughs) little things like that. I didn't either, but now look at me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is also a thing. Like I think sometimes like some guys, especially experience a later in life, like a glow up almost like they look better And it is a cruel, you know, twist of fate that some guys just get better as they get older. It's so true. I mean, I always think my husband was good looking, but I look back at photos and I'm like, he looked great then. I think he still looks great now. And he's going to be one of those guys that will have the body fat percentage of a swimmer when he's 70, probably.
0: I'm so mad at him.
2: I know. Does he have a fast metabolism? Yes.
0: Yeah, I lost. Uh, I lost seventy pounds. Oh, how'd you do? it? Oh, I just. I. I put. I stopped putting creamer in my coffee. Like when I hear these stories from men and the meta. Yeah, I lost uh, a quick uh, twenty uh, last month. What did you do?
2: Oh, I just uh, stopped
0: drinking clamato juice. <laughs> you, you. You literally want to set your hair on fire.
2: They're like, oh, I switched to light beer or something. Very like, did not sacrifice much, and you're like, okay, this is very rude. For me, if
1: I think of a piece of chocolate cake, I will gain weight. (laughs) I don't have a good metabolism. So I'm not one of those people. I wish I was.
2: You, Adam, you've had some success with intermittent fasting. You and I have discussed this before. So how has that worked for you?
1: It'll be three years, basically to the week, three years of doing intermittent fasting. And it's really been successful for me. Now, I'm not saying I won't break... The rule, if there's a special occasion or if I'm on vacation or something, there's always exceptions to the rule. But I would say, for the most part, I follow intermittent fasting. My window of time to eat is between 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., and I find it highly successful for me.
0: I do inter- something called intermittent eating, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I've had a lot of success with it. Like, I'll eat for an hour, I'll stop eating. <laughs> for like a half hour <laughs> and then i'll eat for like 10 minutes um i'll stop
2: <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> I can well, jan, do that. jan you're another case though you look so great and i think if you like you do you like look almost like younger and brighter and i've heard you talk about it on like shows and on social and stuff but i mean did that coincide for you with when you a stopped drinking and b switched your diet around and focus more on plant-based eating
0: I think it's a little bit, I think I feel happy. I mean, I was in a terrible relationship for 10 years and I, and and my face looked it. I just, I was so stressed out all the time. You know, when you're you're like two years into something and and you're like, I'm not happy. I need to get out of this. And then eight years goes by. I mean, that is one of my biggest faults. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's on me. Yeah, but yeah, I I think stopping drinking really made a difference. I I was always like in triage mode. I was always too hungover to go for a walk and canceling nice lunches and w- things with my friends. And mm-hmm. I just thought my drinking got in the way of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people when you abuse alcohol, life gets in the way of your drinking. Yes. And when mm-hmm. I swapped those things out. Uh, and I'm really happy that I did it, and certainly eating better. I mean, when you are in triage, I think I'll have fries and gravy just to feel better about the day, and maybe a fry up some eggs and bacon and sausage and hash browns and toast, oh, yeah. and then you kind of feel human again
2: because
0: mm-hmm. your body's kind of getting all this crap, and you maybe you just forget about your hangover for a second. But thanks for saying that. I, I feel happier generally just because – I feel better and I'm able to tackle things. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, I've, I know that I'm a person of my word, except when I forget to do the podcast and I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> You're like, are you going to log on? What's going on? <laughs> uh, we have a guest in studio. <laughs> no. That was me every day of my life, you guys. I'm oh, my just gosh. Missing things, screwing up. Um, But yeah, I, I feel, no, I'm not having sex anymore, even at my age, you know, getting back to our, uh, you know, our, our, our topic right out of the gate. But, um, I'm, I, I am happier and, and I think people do look better when they are proud of themselves and when they are following through on things they want to follow through on, you know, Mm -hmm. being, being, being able to do the
2: tasks you set
0: out for yourself.
2: And I think getting older now is so different. Like there's getting older, but then there's also vitality. And I think that means like feeling good and feeling healthy and energized. And that seems to, that feeling of vitality seems to go with people into their later years now, way more than it used to. And I even look at, honestly, I'm a huge fan of the Real Housewives. I don't care what anyone says. I just love this show so much. And (laughs) I've never seen an episode. I have to watch. It's magic. And these women are living their best lives and looking their best well past 50.
0: Well, when we come back, we've got lots to talk about today. We're gonna to talk about Disneyland. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm with Caitlin Green, Adam Karsh. Don't go away. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Let's
1: love,
0: baby. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast. Caitlin and Adam are with me. We're so glad that you're here. You can listen to us on all your favorite outlets where podcasts are offered. Spotify and iTunes comes to mind. Um, Disneyland. We all have stories about Disneyland. Well, uh, this week, uh, October the 1st, 1971, 10,000 individuals, which was a very large group in 1971, I think comparatively it would be like 100,000 people in today's numbers, uh, they walked into the Magic Kingdom. Um, Walt Disney Park, it was called at the time, and admission was $3.50. Oh
1: my God, that's it?
2: Cannot get a napkin with Mickey's face on it for $3.50 at Disneyland today. So yeah, so 50 years of, of Disney.
0: Um, I have so many memories of even just the television programs. I think Disney ruled my childhood <laughs> when that Castle came on on Sunday nights, and I had no clue there was even a land. I didn't know there was a land I could go to. But watching those Disney films was – it was transformational. There was so much upheaval in my family, but those Sunday nights watching that for an hour – Really took me away. It it really was a, such a wonderful part of my childhood. Any Disneyland memories, guys, of actually going to
2: California? Well, I didn't go to California. I went to Walt Disney World in Florida.
0: Oh, right. Was that happening when? In the 80s? That's,
2: that, that's a newer one, isn't it? I think it might be newer, and I loved it. And I went there and stayed at the Polynesian Resort.
1: Me too, me too.
2: Yeah, and it was so great. And the monorail and the way that my parents did it was they surprised me. They didn't tell me we were going. So all of a sudden, lunchtime hits. I'm in grade two and my parents show up at lunch and they're like, we're leaving to go to Walt Disney World today. And they'd already packed all my stuff. Like my head just exploded. It's the greatest reveal for any parent listening that wants to take your kids to Disneyland or World. Just go get them at lunch and their little faces. I just can't even imagine. I wish that we had phones that would record video back then cuz I don't know what I must have looked like. And it was so amazing. They had you'll probably remember this, Adam, when you go to the Polynesian Resort there, they have a breakfast yep. called Minnie's Monahula and you can <laughs> yeah. go yeah,
1: and yeah, you yeah. can go
2: and have breakfast with all the characters. There's like a big yep. water slide. In, when you walk in, It's, like, this smell of, like, chlorine, which I kind of still now have an association with Disneyland, because there's a huge indoor waterfall with, like, peacocks and birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so beautiful.
1: I loved it. That was the very first time I went on a real vacation. I was eight years old, seven or eight. It it was the first time I ever went on a plane. Disney World. This is not, not Disneyland. And I... Was my, I, my mom tells me the story that I would write in my journal at school. I was so happy to go on this trip that I would write every single day, I'm going to Disney World, I'm going to Disney World. And it was the most memorable trip. We stayed at the Polynesian. I had, my room was 1511. I still remember that. The room oh, that we stayed Adam. in was 1511, and it was the greatest time, and it was so magical and wonderful in Disney World. It was amazing. I went back again when I was 15, and then I went back again with children. And, oh, we went to the Polynesian and did the character breakfast. Oh, it brought tears to my eyes because it just all came full circle, and, oh, wow, it was crazy.
0: Well, I mean, I didn't go till I was 16, and you're kind of too old and too cool to go to Disneyland, but I set all that crap aside. Yes, when my mom and dad planned this trip, and and of course years later, mom said it cost dad and I so much money. We paid for that trip for two years Aww. to pay it off, but we flew down on some ragtag airline. It didn't even have a name, and we just we we. I was so excited to go, and my friends were excited for me. I went to a the small country school and. But just going down there. But one of the sidebar trips that my mom and dad wanted to do. So Disneyland was great. We did that for three days, which is a lot. I mean, we were all exhausted from walking around Disneyland. They wanted to take us on this bus, like a a picture of Greyhound from 1949, to Tijuana. So they took us down there. I don't remember showing passports or identification of any kind. We went to Tijuana. And as soon as you cross the border, you enter into this land of kiosks, people pulling on your arms to sell you leather vests and tchotchkes and shakers and sombreros. And my dad started drinking tequila. Oh, boy. Uh, down there, you know, a lunch turned into a thing. And i oh, just leave me here, come back and get me. And we were like lost in this market. So that, when I think about Disneyland, my mind goes back to this experience in Tijuana, it kind of took over the trip. Anyway, fast forward now, folks, to 2021. There are four theme parks that Disneyland owns, two water parks, 27 themed resort hotels, and nine non-Disney hotels. I don't know what that means, but they have grown into this Thing, I mean, they're films alone. They have, uh, obviously, a film studio. I wonder if Walt Disney had any idea of what he was creating. And I think about a guy drawing this in Anaheim, which was basically Swampland. Yeah. And turning it into what it is now. What what is a day pass for Disneyland? I mean three fifty and seventy-one. Is it eighty bucks to go through there? It has to be I think it's a hundred. Yeah, it has I think to it's a hundred.
1: It's prohibitive. But I will say this, and and the last time I was there was three, three, four years ago. It's worth it because it is a premium experience. So yes, you're paying a lot, but you're getting a premium experience. So dare I say it's worth it.
2: And I also feel like I went back when I was an adult, so I I had I went back with my ex boyfriend because his family had a place in Florida, and so we were like, "Haha, let's do a day trip or stay overnight and go to Disneyland." And it was really it was really different to go back, and they have like adult Disney where everyone drinks, and they have like <laughs> Irish, yeah, party. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And they have adult Disney, which has adult <laughs> entertainment. You can sleep with Mickey. No, oh, but do you God. want to know something
2: super messed up? There was a guy that I once went on a few dates with in university. And I remember this was one of my like worst date ever stories. When we got to his apartment, I saw, he was like, oh, look at, like, I saw a Walt Disney poster. And it was all these, like, Walt Disney characters. But it had, like, a weird vibe to it. It didn't seem like a real piece of authentic Disney merchandise to me. It was weird enough that it was there, and I was like, "Why the heck do you have a Walt Disney poster here?" Like, I have to leave, and he literally turned on a black light, and the black light revealed that all the Disney characters were engaging in very not safe for work activities <laughs> with each other. You did not want to be, you did not want to be Snow White on this poster. I'm gonna leave. I it. don't oh, think that. that was sanctioned by Walt. Yeah, that was the last time Probably I saw not. him. That was the last well, time I saw I, him.
0: <laughs> I went for my 52nd birthday. I went, I, I went to Florida Oh wow. and I went with uh, uh, some friends and we just went down there and it was, we really had fun. Um, I just remember being in, what's that land where they have all the different countries? Oh, small world. It's a small world after all. Is it small world or is it, um, anyway, they had a Tim Hortons thing. It was like the Canadian.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Different one. Yeah.
0: Oh, people are going to, people are going to be writing in saying you idiot.
1: <laughs> Epcot. I think you mean Epcot, Epcot. like the Canadian Pavilion. Sorry, yes. I
0: sorry to everyone there. out there. We got it. It was an Epcot, but they asked you trivia questions, and I was so i was so canadian i was very competitive wanting to answer all the canadian questions (laughs) anyway next time you're in california or in any of the disney world just know that you are walking over top of a very complicated tunnel system and all the cast members to everything are wandering around down there holding their heads under their arms like (laughs) dead mouse uh trying to you know find where they're going. I, I don't know. I just imagine the, all those cast members just hooking up all the time and having wild for parties. Sure. And, um, oh, yeah. I remember reading years and years ago that there was some kind of an outbreak of either gonorrhea or it was something like that. It was a, it was a transmit with the cast members of one of the Disney worlds. Don't sue it. me.
2: Because they have those underground tunnels in the Magic Kingdom for the cast members, and I don't think they're just used for getting around. I think you're used for getting it on. (laughs) When we say magic tunnel, I think we all know what we mean. Oh, my God. When we say it's a small world after all. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) We are terrible. You're listening to the CBC Evening
1: News.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Scarlett, I mean, there's a dark side to Disney, too. And I don't think there's a person alive that doesn't realize that. I mean, was Walt Disney not a Hitler sympathizer?
1: I have heard you? that, yeah.
2: Why do
0: I hear, feel like I've, I've heard that? I've definitely
2: heard that. There's some negative comments I don't even
0: know what that means as far as, well, he's doing the right thing. or I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what that means. I think Disneyland is now out as far as sponsoring the Jan Arden podcast. Oh, yes. I think they we were can,
2: in until this break. They were in
0: <laughs> yeah. until we did this. But, <laughs> like, for instance, in like as of a month ago, Scarlett Johansson was suing. We're going to come back. We have more yeah, to talk, talk about. about we are moving on from Disneyland, yeah. but Scarlett Johansson is suing them for like $50 million. <laughs> You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. We'll be right back.
2: When you wish upon a star Make no difference who you are Anything your heart desires Will come to you
0: Welcome back to the Jan Arden Podcast. I just have a few fun headlines that I want to share with you guys. Because um, I, I don't know about you, but I always sort of try and find some happy news in the world of what's going on. Maybe not necessarily happy, but st- stuff that makes me smile. Um, this woman kept losing her packages, her Amazon or whatever. She was getting deliveries. Uh, she was in Tennessee and so she went out her and her husband and they got one of those doorbell cameras they went and they spent and they're not even that expensive you can probably pick up a doorbell cam for i would imagine 40 or 50 bucks yeah so you know when christmas is coming we're gonna all get deliveries i'm sure so they're looking out there and lo and behold these packages were not being stolen by a neighbor so they were all ready to like march over to the neighbors call the cops they were mad at the neighbor for months because assuming that he was the guy taking this. St- well, it was a bear.
1: <laughs> what? It
0: was a small bear that was just coming up to them, to their door and, and just taking their packages. And the last one he took was like a 33 pound box filled with uh swimming pool chemicals, which made me really nervous because yeah. he can now go, Anyway, so they realized that they could no longer leave packages, but that's always so funny. You make these assumptions that it's the neighbor that didn't return your shovel three years ago. You know, he's the guy and it was a bear the the entire time. The other little story that I came across that I thought was so funny because I'm single, so I'm always very jealous if I'm driving anywhere <laughs> and there's a there's a lane that you have to have two people, yes, two or yes. more people to drive in the lane.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, you see that in all the, the time. The are, carpool lane, basically. The carpool. Do you have yeah.
0: that in, in Ontario? Yeah, we do. We, the, do. we have
2: a we have a more official name for it, which I'm forgetting now, but it, definitely they're everywhere.
0: So this guy gets pulled over. Who knows how long he's been getting away with it. But he had a skeleton, like a (laughs) Halloween skeleton dressed up with glasses on and a hat. And and I'm thinking to myself, these are the lengths that people are going to go through. Um, This is in Texas. Of course it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But just pulling him over and, you know, obviously they find him for having a dressed up manic well it wasn't even a mannequin it was a
2: skeleton like someone is going to look in your car if you're seeing someone out buying halloween decorations right now and they buy one of these skeletons it might not be for their front lawn it might be a great option for a passenger so they can use the carpool lane honestly though this is a kind of good idea for everyone listening in toronto you know that when you see what do they call them the hov lanes That's hov
1: lanes So when you see
2: the HOV lanes here in Toronto, and Adam, you know, because you live north of the city, kind of in in a bit of a suburb, the traffic to and from downtown Toronto is a nightmare. It's brutal. It is a total nightmare getting around the city now. And so, yeah, if someone told me you put a glue, a wig onto a skeleton and call it a day, (laughs) I would do it in a second. Caitlin, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I would. I absolutely would. If I lived outside of the city, I would do this because I'll tell you, no matter what the ticket is, when you get it, it's worth it for the hours you saved With the skeleton (laughs) next to you. I'm fine with breaking this law.
0: I want to say that the views shared by (laughs) the other cast members of the (laughs) Jan Arden podcast are not necessarily shared by uh, iHeartRadio, which (laughs) is our network.
1: You know that you can take the HOV lane as a single if you have a green vehicle.
2: Oh, that's good.
1: Oh, I like that. So just buy an electric car.
0: So electric car, hybrid car.
1: Yeah, I think a hybrid qualifies.
0: They have parking at the Bamp Springs Hotel. If you drive a hybrid or an electric vehicle, you park right out in front. You can pull up and park right there, and they have a couple of little uh, charging stands. Um, a jury's still out for me as far as going completely electric, just because I live out of town. Yeah, and I always and not that it's. I mean, you can go 550 kilometers on one charge. It's not like you have to charge it every 10K.
2: I think once there are more charging stations for like long haul rides that they'll become a little bit more popular. I mean, the the battery life is supposed to be getting better and better all the time. I know there are environmental concerns over some of the ingredients they use to make those batteries and how they're mined. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's resolved. But an interesting thing, one of my friends works for an investment company and they're really doing a lot of investing in green energy solutions. And one of the things they're really interested in is called V to G and it's vehicle to grid power. So if you have an electric vehicle that you plug in at home and you find yourself in a situation, say in the near future, where because of demands on power grids, we're dealing with brownouts and blackouts, that you'll be able to actually plug your vehicle into your house and it will serve the power grid you'll put energy back into the power grid from your car. And if you needed to plug it into your house and run your house off of the battery in your vehicle, you might be able to do that. It's really interesting. Wow. We are going to get there. I -hmm. have no
0: doubt in my
2: mind that
0: they're going to learn how to do those swaps, you know, the power sharing, how to really utilize the sun in a way that we can't even imagine right now. Look at what has happened in the Industrial Revolution. Really, in the last 150 years, the planet was going along, and we have basically stripped the planet of everything of any value. Obviously, we can't pump uh, fossil fuels out forever. We only have one little blue ball. It's not like it's remaking itself. No. it's That system is going to collapse. So we have to start using... You know, we have this ball floating in the sky that is so incredibly amazing, and we're kind of utilizing it, but even solar is is difficult. Quite a few of my neighbors have solar, and I'm going to say eyesore. And, and the reason I'm saying that because their panels to run their homes, and they are mostly using the solar, are 100 feet long,
2: mm-hmm.
0: 20 feet high, they're pointed in absolutely a certain direction. And I drive by two or three of those homes every day. And I'm like, you have now taken up this whole chunk of land. It's not like it's one little dish that's sitting on top of their
2: house. It really is difficult. I know that the solar, the solar roof panels, like the, the actual, I, I mean, I want to say they're almost like shingles. I know that technology is coming along. And it's really popular in California so that you can kind of combine the aesthetic look that you want for your home with a green energy solution. But right now, a lot of these things, even with government rebates, they can be very prohibitively expensive. Yeah, so it's they not, have
0: come down a lot.
2: Yeah, it's not it hasn't been cheap so far, which is I think why it hasn't been widely adopted. Now you are gonna save money on your energy bills. And I think energy bills are going to go way, way up in the in the coming years. So investing in this now is is a really great idea. And ultimately, did you guys see that thing where they invent They've created science. Scientists have created the whitest paint. They've created the whitest paint ever, like the whitest shade of white known to man. And the idea is you paint homes with it, you paint roofs with it, and it's going to stand in place of air conditioning because it will reflect all the light off of the building. And you won't have these black roofs absorbing the heat from the sun all day and then increasing the temperature inside your homes because again in places like here in toronto we're expected to see average summer temperatures that reach i believe it's 40 degrees by it's either 40 no it's 50 degrees by 2040 i think i've I've, really all these expectations it's, it's not manageable no. And so you're going to have to, you're going to have really, really increasing demands on your power grids. They just weren't designed to handle everyone needing their AC for five months of the year, 24 hours a day. So that's where these solutions like this white paint can come in and reduce the temperature inside buildings and urban settings by simply just painting the roof a different color.
0: Things like that are going to make all the difference. I'm going to leave you in this segment with, One more uh, story of, you know, kind of good news. I do. I have 60 seconds. Uh, A Seattle company is offering um, a a budget wedding, and they ship you a container that you can basically set up in your backyard. A budget wedding service in Seattle moved out of a shopping center to set up what the owner describes as America's first and only shipping container wedding chapel. Um, Bronwyn Stevenson, owner of Shotgun Ceremonies, um just they will send you <laughs> they'll send you a container that you just unpack it and you have like a wedding to go. So all you youngsters out there thinking of getting uh married, you can um you can get a little wedding chapel, set it up in your backyard, and it comes with everything that you're gonna need. And they start at $350. Oh to my gosh. Make your day. Pets are allowed, that's good. And um oh my lord anyway if you're thinking of getting married where's the name of the company here i i don't know what it's called well a shotgun ceremonies there you go you're listening to the jan arden podcast we'll be right back welcome back to the jan arden podcast Uh, Well, Caitlin has surprised Adam and I. You you know, it's hard to find good help, isn't it, Adam?
1: She just left. I mean,
0: end of segment three. She said to us, listen, I have something better to do. I have something more important to do. And uh, Adam and I just looked at her like, fine, leave us here alone. Welcome back. No, she's got, she does. She has important stuff to do. Caitlin is a very, she's very high up at, 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 uh, at CTV, at Bell. And we're just lowly.
1: We're just the people, the, the peasants.
0: So I don't know if you saw this lately, Adam, but a Florida, I'm still, I, I, I'm so interested by these headlines. Like when I opened up this thing this morning, I'm like, Ooh, this is chock full of fantastic, interesting things that people have done. You might've seen this on the last day or so. This guy goes out, of course, this is Florida, Right. looks in his front yard and there's a frigging giant alligator but he he jumps into action he gets his garbage can out that's empty you know what the I saw big that. you know the big green f- things that we all have for yes. you know recycling he pulls the lid back and he sh- he rolls this thing on its side against the alligator and he actually the alligator is so taken aback that he gets him in Pulls the thing right side up and flips the lid down. Yeah. But you know what the great part of this story is, is that he now rolls this guy, this <laughs> alligator. You'd think that a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to hit him over the head. This guy rolls him down to this creek and lets
1: him go. I'm calling someone. I am not messing with an alligator. I'm not going head to head with an alligator.
0: Listen, if you had to, did you see the clip of the guy that, this alligator, he's walking his dog along this river. This is also in Florida. Yes. This giant alligator came up, grabbed his little, like my little dog, I saw and that. went under the water.
1: Yeah, yeah he went the, into the guy
0: river. dove into the water, grabbed this crocodile's head, or alligator. Am I getting the wrong? I know there's a huge sure. difference here. <laughs> forgive me. And He wrestled his little dog out of the jaws, and he got really hurt. Like, he had stitches and ripped his arm open, and he got his dog out.
1: Yeah, I would do that for an animal or a person, for sure. Would you do that, Adam? Yes. Yes, I would.
0: Imagine if it was one of your... Listen, I loved my dog more than anything on the planet, and I think... I don't know. In a moment, I think I actually would have gone into the water myself.
1: In that scenario, yes.
0: I think I would have gone in. I I wouldn't even have thought about what the outcome was going to be. I would have just thought, I I can't believe the guy got him out. I I must have watched that six or seven times of him going in, grabbing his jaw. And they actually interviewed the guy afterwards. And he's like, I have no idea where I got the courage or the strength. Like I'm not a super courageous guy. Right. I couldn't believe what I was doing, but this thing had my dog.
1: The adrenaline kicks in, right?
0: The adrenaline kicks in. Well, there's so many great stories of people lifting cars off of, of uh, off their kid pinned underneath it. Um, you know, going and and I don't recommend anyone running into a burning house, but people that absolutely bypass the the fear, the reluctance, the hesitation, the common sense. Yes. They bypass that and they go in and they do things that they never ever dreamed possible.
1: It's an amazing thing that that can happen to people and you have great feats of strength and courage, right?
0: I have never experienced that myself. <laughs> I've never picked anybody up or lifted up a car. Um no, I've either. run from a bear. I've actually run my friend Sue and I when we were just kids. We're out in the bush as you are in Alberta when you're growing up. And we just, we heard something crackling in the bush. We were sitting there. I don't even know what we were doing, but I don't think I've ever run so fast in my life. And hearing this little black bear behind us was like unbelievable. And we didn't, even, we didn't look back, but we just, I bet, Adam, I bet you we ran for three miles without. Even thinking we were out of breath. You don't even think about being tired. We could hardly stand up. Our legs were like jelly at the end of that.
1: I'd be so scared if I ran into a bear. I would freak out and I would absolutely run as fast as I could and as far as I could, for sure.
0: Um, This is a little bit of a change of topic. Did you have Hot Wheels when you were a kid, Adam? Yes, I did. So did you have the orange track and the thing that you put together and the loops and everything?
1: I sure did. Yeah, I don't think I have anything anymore like I don't have any remnants of cars or tracks, but I absolutely had one and I played with it all the time.
0: My brothers and I were always and it's almost like Tupperware lids. We were always missing the pieces to put the tracks together. You know the little there was these little gray things that you would stick the orange tracks together. Well, here's another weird news story of the day. Hot Wheels track with 10 loops breaks The world record so it's in the guinness book that from dropping the car down i I guess there's a real criteria to breaking this record 10 loops this car went through cool um there's a little you can go on uh online i think it's on youtube just just go guinness book of world records hot wheels loops i mean I have to say, when I looked at it, they have sort of a board that is 15, 20 feet long. So it's quite a drop. It's not like they pushed the car on a flat kitchen floor. They they had it pointing down. But these are grown men that are, you know, that broke this world record with 10 loops. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciated it too. But it really brought back memories of childhood toys and just things that we had. Uh, And I talk about this a lot with my friends, the, the John and Jane West dolls. They were blue plastic Western dolls. Do you remember those?
1: I don't know if I remember those. I don't know if I ever, that I can't recall now. This might be before my time a little bit.
0: There was a, um, A Maine fisherman, we're still on this. This is how we're going out of the show today. A guy in Maine accidentally, and I don't even know what this means. He accidentally caught a 600-pound tuna. What? Which breaks my heart. I don't know what that means. Uh, A Maine fishing cruise accidental catch of a 600-pound tuna. Became Well, they donated it to a food bank. They donated it to a soup kitchen. It became 350 servings of food at a local soup kitchen. Um, Ross Alex, captain of the Catherine Ann, said he and his crew were fishing for lobster off the coast of Belfast. And their nets captured something unexpected. And it was a 600-pound tuna, which breaks my heart. As you guys yeah, all know, shame. I'm of vegan. Course. Anyway, they just said it was sort of beyond saving. It wasn't like they could throw him back. But they did donate it to a food bank. I think they're not a food bank, a soup kitchen. Maybe soup kitchens have a little different rules than we have here. Yeah, I cannot see anyone in Canada taking a 600-pound tuna no. and using it in their kitchen i'm sure there'd be some kind of government regulations going there's no way in hell you're doing that
1: oh that's too big i think that's way too big tunas are big fish but not 600 pounds big fish
0: and in wisconsin here's a new one a
1: okay. sculpture
0: of humpty dumpty sitting on a toilet was stolen and it's worth <laughs> 1400 it's a bronze it's a bronze uh humpty dumpty <laughs> So That's if you're it. in Wisconsin and you happen to see a Humpty Dumpty bronze statue, like who would steal this thing?
1: That's ridiculous. I We're going out with these good news stories. I like this. This is fun.
0: Another world record got broken this week too, Adam.
1: Oh, you got 30 seconds. Tell me.
0: You couldn't guess this. In 30 seconds, a giant tooth sculpture. And I mean, this thing is, I don't know. 15 feet high, it was made out of 80,000 toothbrushes. So there's some happy stories to leave people with. Um, Caitlin, you really missed out on some fascinating stuff. We're always so grateful to our listeners. Stay tuned for the video segments of our podcast. It's coming soon, because as you know, All these podcasts are taped on formats where the video is being recorded as well. So Caitlin was like, we should start putting clips of these up. And I'm all for it. So we're going to be doing that in the future. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button so you don't have to search for us anymore. We will just show up for you magically. Uh, I think Adam posts these very late on Friday night so that you have them on Saturday. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you're looking after yourself out there. Uh, look after yourselves. Look after your neighbors. Look after your friends. Look after the people you don't even know. We're going to get through this. Adam Karsh, Caitlin Green, I'm Jan Arden. You've been listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We've been this podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.